All right, good to see everybody here today. Um, a little bit different service today. Uh, we're going to put off our series on the book of Jonah until continue next week. Uh, because today, uh, we have something even more exciting. That is, we're doing a couple baptisms. So it's always a fun Sunday here and a celebration Sunday. And so I'm just going to do a quick overview of, of baptism. And then we're going to hear a couple uh, stories God's stories, and then uh, we'll do some baptisms. So, um, within the the uh, Protestant, at least, side of Christianity, we have two two main sacraments, and one of those is is baptism. And um, the word sacrament is basically a Latin word that means a sign of the sacred. It is something that is very important, very precious, very dear, very holy, if you will. It's a very holy act, and um, within with our church, we hold both baptism and communion as sacraments, and both of those instituted by Jesus. Uh, but if you look at the the wider spread of Christianity, because often we, I try to expose you to other. Uh, areas of Christianity. Some churches hold seven sacraments, namely like the Roman Catholic Church or the, the Orthodox churches often hold seven sacraments and include things like the, the act of marriage and, uh, and confirmation and confession and those kind of things. Uh, some Protestant churches have three and some Protestant churches actually have none, like the Salvation Army, for instance, doesn't practice the sacrament of communion or baptism, at least in the same, in the same sense. And so we're kind of sort of in the, in the Lutheran tradition, um, even though they hold three sacraments, we just hold, hold two here. And so the word baptize, the Greek word actually means to like to dip or to plunge. And so you can even find that in literature, like if, you know, if a boat, sank in the ocean, they would say that the boat was baptized because it was like went under the water. And so when we baptize somebody, we take them and we actually place them under the water. Uh, it's the meaning of, of to, to baptize. And, and you first see it in the Bible in Matthew chapter 3. It's first talked about, about this, this crazy guy named John the Baptist who started baptizing all these people in preparation uh, for Jesus, the coming of the Christ. And he knew the Messiah was coming. He started baptizing people. And in Matthew 3, it says that these folks would confess their sins and they were baptized by John in the Jordan River. And he would take them and, and dunk them in the water. And of course, Jesus himself was baptized. He was baptized by John. And uh, Jesus' story is in Matthew 3. And it says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. <laughs> and, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it, be so, uh, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And, and whenever we do baptism, it, it is the same. When you, you is, is God, you say, I am so pleased with, with you. Not because you were baptized, but he just loves you. <laughs> No matter what. And, and sometimes people, when they're 
baptized can have these, these incredible moments of like the heavens opening, like Jesus had. And then sometimes people are baptized and it's just like, I got wet and that was cool that I did it. Um, it's not something that saves you, uh, but it's just this experience we have uh, with God. And, and Jesus himself did it. And so we kind of carry on in, in this tradition of Jesus. Uh, Jesus, bapt, uh, his disciples, when he had his little gang of, of, of uh, his group, his disciples also baptized people. In John 3, it says, Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent time with them there, baptizing people. Now, later John says that Jesus himself didn't baptize anybody. It was his disciples doing the baptism. Uh, but later on in Matthew 28, um, Jesus says, he comes to the disciples and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so this is actually like a, a command, if you will, of Jesus. And he puts, he says, you know, go share the, the kingdom of God and the love of God and, and baptize folks as, as part of that. And so we, we carry on that tradition, as, as most churches do, in terms of baptizing people. And we baptize them with this, this language that is, is universal across Christianity. We baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus said. And then you move on to the early church, and uh, baptism, of course, was carried on in the early church. It says in Acts 8, when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And, and so just people, when, they, when they, they opened up their heart to God, that was part of the, the process, is this, this idea of being baptized in water. And it's very significantly, and perhaps even most important, the most, one of the most important baptisms in the early church was this baptism found in Acts chapter 8, when Philip baptizes a, a eunuch. Um, and um, the reason this is significant is because in the Old Testament, under the, the, the old laws of the Old Testament, eunuchs weren't allowed to be part of the congregation. And yet, Philip is in the early church is seeing like Jesus... He has totally rearranged things. He's starting a new thing. He's doing things differently. And, and Jesus was hanging out with people that the religious folks didn't. And he just began to see that God is really reaching out and loving people and just trying to bring everybody in. And, and Philip, you know, basically breaks old covenant law and, and he baptizes this Ethiopian eunuch in, in the sign of that God is just extending his love and in and, and, and the way of Jesus where he's reaching out to those sometimes where we want to put up walls. And so he is baptizes this eunuch and it just goes on and on and all these people are baptized. And, and so there are different ways this happens within the church. Um, uh, we use, we try to, at least when we can, do immersion. That's when they are totally immersed under the water. This seems to be the way Jesus was baptized, as says he came up out of the water. Or um, in Mark 1, it says, all of Jerusalem, we're going out to John the Baptist. And he was baptizing them in the Jordan River. He was baptizing them in the river and in the water. And so we will, uh, most times, take someone and try to dunk them right under. And if they've been really nasty, we hold them down there a really long time. No, just kidding. <laughs> we don't do that. Uh, um, but there are cases when we've baptized people without immersion. There are times when, uh, for instance, we've baptized people who were maybe on their deathbed or you know, weren't physically able to get in the water. And that's where you can sprinkle water or pour water. In fact, 
the oldest Christian document we have is called the Didache, uh, even older than, than much of the New Testament. And it, and it says this, And concerning baptism, baptize this way. Having first said all these things, baptize into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in living water. But if you have no living water, baptize in other water. That's what we're doing today because the living water is really cold. And if you cannot do so in cold water, do so in warm and uh, or the water's a little bit warm because it's cold. Uh, but if you have neither, pour out water three times upon the head into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so these different modes of baptism, and some churches will practice more sprinkling or pouring, and others do more immersion. So these different ways of baptism. Now what does it mean? What is, what is this idea of baptism? What is the symbolism behind? Uh, it basically is, is an outward demonstration of this, this inward real, reality of a connection with God. Uh, the process throughout the scriptures is uh, when someone opens up their heart to God, there's this process of demonstrating this kind of an outward way by, by being baptized. Or you could say it's an outward demonstration of God's renewal that is taking place within us. In some ways, it's kind of like a, like a wedding ring. I mean... I wear a wedding ring because I'm married, and, uh, but this ring doesn't like, like create my love or create my connection. I mean, I could be just in love with my wife if we weren't married, but marriage is kind of an outward sign of this inward reality in the heart, and say, same with baptism. Baptism doesn't make you saved, it doesn't make you more holy, but it's this, this demonstration in the tradition of Christianity of this connection you have with God and this renewal you have with God. But there also is an incredible mystery that is almost unexplainable when it comes to baptism. And, and, and there's these mysteries because this is, this is a faith and, and God is spirit and we can't always see spirit, but we can see what's happening in the natural. But we have these verses like in Ephesians 6 where it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now physically I'm here, physically you're here. But there's this connection that we have in the Spirit where right now we're also seated in the heavenly realms with, with Christ. This, this connection that is so divine and mysterious that, that I am here, yes, but there's a part of me that is actually seated in heaven. And in the process of baptism, there is this mysterious connection that happens with the death and the resurrection of, of Christ. And this is explained in Romans 6. It says, do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through Christ into, uh, through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. That, that as, so the symbolism of baptism is, we will bring the person backwards towards the water. And this is kind of symbolizing the death of Christ. And then you go under the water, and this is the idea of Christ being in the grave for three days. And then we bring you out of the water, which is like the resurrection and the new life that happens. And, and the scripture says that, that baptism is, it mysteriously connects you to the work of the cross. That just as Christ died, you died. And just as Christ rose again, there's something in you that has risen and is new and is powerful and is different because of your walk with, with God. And Colossians 2 puts it this way. Having been buried with him in baptism, 
you also have been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. That it, it, is, it is this powerful mystery, it's a powerful symbol of this reality that the, the, the old junk in you is not really you anymore. It's died with Christ. And, and you're new in him. And you're filled with this power. And, and those, the, the old stuff of living in shame and, and, and is living in, in uh, you know, death and destruction and those kind of things that's died to you. Now sometimes we still get tangled in it. We still work away in it. But it's a reminder that that, that is not who I really am anymore. And so when I listen to shame, I can say that's not really who I am anymore in Christ. When, when I hurt somebody and say something nasty, you know, sometimes I say that's not who I really, it's not the true me because I've died with Christ and I've been risen with him and I'm filled with the power of the Spirit and, and baptism mysteriously connects us all to the work of Christ in that. As 2 Corinthians 5 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this in no way means that you're going to live a perfect life because none of us do. But it just means that you just have this, this understanding of this, this newness, this power within you, this, this idea that God has made you new. You have been raised with Christ. And so baptism is this cool symbol of that.